Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have in your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. We should be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Today I want to share with you how to enter your promised land. How many want to enter the promised land? He says, through faith, okay, and patience, you can inherit the promised land. Amen. Now, has anybody ever tried to enter the promised land? The answer is yes. So let us turn to Numbers chapter 13 and let us see how some people try to enter the promised land. And I'm going to give you seven steps to entering the promised land. How many want to know how, what steps you must take to enter the promised land? Number one, Numbers 13 verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send out for yourself men so that they might spy out the land which I'm going to give to the sons of Israel. And you shall send a man from each of their father's tribe, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran. And these were their names. All right? And he gives all the names of the people. And Moses sent them to spy, verse 17, the land of Canaan. And he said, go up there into Negev. Then go into the hill. See what the land is like. Whether the people are strong or weak. Whether they are few or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it good? Is it bad? How are the cities? Amen. How is the land? There's 20. Is it fat or lean? Are there trees? Make an effort to get some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first grapes. So they went out and spied the land. Verse 21. From the wilderness of Zin. When they had got up into Negev, they came to Hebron. Alright? Verse 23. And they came to the valley of Eshcol. And they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two men. With some of the pomegranates and the figs. When you go to Israel, um, you need to register to go to Israel. But when we go to Israel, by the grace of God, later this year... You will see all these fruits, figs, pomegranates, and uh, grapes. They have all these things there. And that valley was called the Valley of Eshel because of the cluster. Verse 25. This is the story of how the Israelites came to the beginning of the promised land. And then this is the point. This is the junction. This is the turning point. 
Prophet Fabian has been having turning point services. There are always turning points in our lives. So this was a turning point. And this was written as an example for us. So I'm just going to give you seven points that I need you to remember because these seven points are important every time you come to a turning point in your life. It can turn you in or it can turn you out. All right? I see you turning into the promised land. Amen. So I'm going to give you seven keys that through those keys, you will be able to turn yourself into the promised land. I see you entering a promised land of your life. Whatever you are believing God for, this is the time that is going to ex- you are going to experience your blessing and you're going to experience God's favor in your life. Whatever your dream is, it will surely happen in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Now, when they returned, that is verse 25, from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses, to Aaron, and to the congregation of the sons of Israel, the wilderness of Paran. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. That is verse 27. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is also living in the land of the Negev. That is Anak, which is a problem. And another problem is Amalek. It's also living in the land. And the Hittites are also there. And the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country. And the Canaanites are living by the sea. And by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Now, why should Caleb suddenly interject when somebody is giving a speech? Somebody is giving his report. He hasn't said anything bad. He just says that Anak is there. Amalek is there. Hittite is there. Jebusite is there. And who again? Canaanites are also by the sea. If you go to the hill, we see these people. If we go to the seaside, we see these people. Then Caleb interrupted this speech. And Caleb said, we must go in, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able... Did you not hear what we said earlier? We are not able to go up against the people. For they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, The land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it 
are men of a great size. Now, in those days, the size of a man is what determines his power, not the uh, guns and weapons that he has. If he's very big, you may beat him, he just press you to the side. Are you there? And then there also we saw Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Verse chapter 14. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, Oh, we would have died. We should have rather died in Egypt. Or would we have died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. It would have been better for us to return to Egypt. So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of the assembly of the congregation. And Joseph, the son of Nun and Caleb, all right, stood up and spoke to the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land, a land which flows with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregations said to stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of the meeting. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people spend me? How long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst, I will smite them with a pestilence and dispossess them. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for by your strength you brought them out, and they will tell it to the inhabitants, that, O Lord, you have seen, you have, they will, they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of these people. For you, Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them. Now, if you slay these people as one man, the nations which have heard of your fame will say, because the Lord could not bring these people into the land which he promised them by oath, therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Now, I pray you, let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared. Verse 18. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. And he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I pray, the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your loving kindness. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely, all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness... Yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to me, shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spend me see it. But my servant, Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land 
which he entered and his descendants shall take possession hallelujah amen now seven keys or steps to entering your promised land amen how many have faith you need to have faith step number one do not minimize the good news amen do not minimize the good news that God has given you amen if you notice chapter 13 the Bible says that when the people came they said certainly all right the land that you sent us to it is flowing it's flowing that is all that they said they said it is flowing with milk and honey that's good news but that was all that they said amen now whenever you want to disbelieve something all right or when you want to have faith with god right and there and there comes against you a problem there are always there's good things there's bad things don't make the good thing very small if if somebody wants to divorce his or her husband if you want to divorce your husband or you want to divorce your wife usually the person who has decided to divorce will start to find more and more negative things about the person say that oh he doesn't respect me and his friend is just like that as well birds of the same feather birds of the same feather what somebody went to a, a school and he announced to the class he was trying to teach them how to say some of these uh, English strange. He said, best of the same feather, and they all shouted, fly together. It's not fly together, it's flock together. Huh? Everybody in the class said, fly together. It's not fly together, it's flock together. All right, best of the same feather, flock together. Anyway, so sometimes when whatever, depending on what you have decided in your heart, you start to see more of the bad side of things all right and most of the time we minimize the good okay so if for instance you don't like ghana you can see a lot of negative things about ghana but there are a lot of negative things here you can see something wrong with our country our roads our water, everything. There's something wrong with so many, many, many things. And, but there are also many good things about our country. Amen. So depending on which side you are on, you start to see more of the other. And you can see that the 12 spies, 10 of them have already decided that, Charlie, this promised land with Hittites in the hillside, Jebusites here, Amorites here. We are, we are not in ya. 
So, a person who is not going to enter the promised land minimizes the good things that there are. If you are going to stay happily together with your spouse, you cannot afford to minimize what is good about the person. Amen. As soon as you diminish it, and when I say minimize, if you look at it, you see that they just mentioned it once. Oh, yes. There is milk and there is honey and these are some fruits. Finish. After that, come and see. Hey! Amorites! Come and see Amorites. Hittite, Jebusites, giants. He said, they are size. They, we were like grasshoppers. What? We are going to die. It's a land with divorce. I mean, adjectives were coming. So if you want to have faith and be able your, your faith to work, you must never minimize good things because there are always good things and you must see good things. You see, I could not be in the ministry without, I could not be in the ministry and minimize good things. When we started in the ministry, we didn't have so many things that people have today. But we had some good things. And we, we never minimized them. One of the good things is that we're doing what we, we believe that we would like to do. That's what we enjoy doing. Because I enjoy preaching the word of God and winning souls. Yes, we didn't have money. We didn't have cars. We didn't have anywhere to stay. But there are some good things. We didn't have money. Many times after church on Sunday, my wife and I, driving the car which my father bought for me when I was in fifth year. My father bought a, a, a car for me when I was in fifth year. That's the same car that I used when I became a doctor. That car, I would drive the car with my, with my wife. We were newly married or we had been married for a few months or years. Uh, uh, We've been married for some time, okay? Just accept that. <laughs> we would drive from the Kolebu to where we were staying. We were staying in a room in one of my father's houses, in one of his, his hotel. And we, we used to sit down and um, calculate because we would discuss what we are going to eat. And sometimes we would discuss because one of, the, one of the things that I, she, she would make for me that was working was a corned beef stew. So we, 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 sit, we sit down to discuss how much is a tin of corned beef. And then we would analyze and put some money together to go and buy a tin of corned beef. If, if some of you were in a situation where everything is not perfect, you start to hear nya 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 but you got to be careful because as soon as you minimize the good things you just mention briefly oh yeah yeah it's, it's a great thing to work for God but you see 
There are all these problems. That is why people cannot get um, good husbands. Because they are, they, are, they, they, they are only, they walk by faith. They don't walk by faith, they walk by sight. By what you can see. If I can see money, I can see car, I can see a bright future, then I like you. But when I look at this skinny boy, who has no bright eyes for future, who has nothing, then there's no hope for me. And I can't follow such a person. You get it? And when there's any difficulty, then it's like you can't even see anything good anymore. But there are many good things. So it depends on how your, your, whether you have faith. When a person has faith, you see that he doesn't minimize the good news aspect of what you are doing. But when a person is full of doubt and a person is not going to enter the promised land, the person minimizes. Just, just, just mention it briefly. Don't, don't mention it too much. Amen. Are you there? So you need to be careful. Number two. People who are not going to enter the promised land ignore what God's will is. So you must be careful. If you want to enter the promised land, do not ignore the will of God in the matter. You cannot just be there and ignore what is God's purpose in my life. Now, it was Joshua who brought up the will of God aspect of this whole thing. The Bible says in, uh, I read it already in Numbers chapter 14, Joshua, all right, stood up and he spoke in verse 8 of chapter 14. He said, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Amen. So you must always remember the will of God aspect of what you are doing. If it pleases the Lord. If it pleases the Lord. We can make it. Amen. You must always remember that is God with us. Does God want us to do it? Is God asking you to do it? If God is asking us to do it. No matter the difficulty. We can make it and we will make it in the name of Jesus. You cannot live your life without remembering God. Without having the God part of what you are doing very deeply embedded in your conscience and in your heart. If you get married, you must remember the God part. Do you remember when we stood there and we had our wedding vows? What did you say? What God has joined together? Let no man put asunder. Did you not say God has joined you together? Then how come today you are saying something else? So remember the God part that what God has done, don't undo what God has done. Don't undo what God has done. So you must remember God. There's always a God element. So people who are not going to make it, they minimize the good, even just that there's anything good about it. And number two, they just as if there's no God. They, they, they talk, there's no grace of God. There's no Oh, by God's power. Oh, God will help us. Oh, God can be with us. Oh, there's a God factor. Oh, it's going to work out. Because God, God will help us. God will help. God will show his grace. They don't even, it's like, it's like, no, 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 no. Don't bring that now. Don't bring that now. We all believe in the grace of God. But that's not what we are talking about now. 
We all believe in the grace of God. This is not what we are talking about now. Put God aside. Hmm. Number three. Don't despise the spiritual factors. The spiritual factors. Amen. Don't despise the spiritual realities that are playing out in your life. Some of the problems that come to us, we must always remember there's a spiritual element to walk in truth. You must live in two worlds. Amen. To walk in truth, you must live in two worlds. You must see both the natural and the supernatural. That is why Elijah prayed, or is it Elisha, prayed, Lord, open the eyes of my servant so that he will see. When his eyes were open, he saw, huh? many are those that are on our side than those that are against us. So even as you look at the conflict in Ivory Coast, there is also a, there's the spiritual part. Maybe as you see me standing on stage here, maybe you can't see, but there's also a spiritual side. And to walk in truth, you need to always live in two worlds, the natural and the supernatural. You need to see the real practical things and attend to them, and at the same time, do the spiritual and see the spiritual side. One day I was preaching uh, in church and uh, there was a lady in the church. Suddenly the Lord opened her eyes and she saw standing behind me a huge angel. And the angel was standing right up by my side here. And I didn't see the angel. I haven't seen any angel yet. I, I didn't know. And I was preaching. I said, I see God blessing you. And I was speaking blessings. But I didn't know what was happening. I said, you are going to be the next star. God is going to bless you. It's going to, you're going to go into the promised land. I was speaking such blessings. And then the next day, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, know, I didn't know that the lady had seen anything. But I, I was looking in the balcony. Then I, I noticed a brother who was the next day I was preaching, I was saying this same kind of thing. God is going to bless you. I see. Then I noticed the brother will, will be jumping. When I say God is going to bless you, then he was jumping. He looked very odd because he was one of the only people jumping over there. After the convention, this lady came to me and told me that uh, when you were preaching on the first day or so, I saw something. I said, what did you say? I said, oh, I saw a big angel. Every time you say, I, I see the bread, the angel would throw something into the congregation like a parcel. And there were smaller angels which would take the little parcel and take it to people. And said so they were putting it in the hands of people who had lifted up their hands and so on like that. And that were receiving. And some were standing up and were taking it. So, unfortunately, she did not share this with anybody. She just told her husband. So that is why the husband, the next day, was now a goalkeeper. To the left, to the right, upstairs, to the side, was receiving everything. I see that blessing coming on your life in Jesus' name. <laughs> hey! 
I'm explaining that there is a spiritual element in almost everything. You may just be seeing the physical. One day, I was in a foreign country and I preached in a tent. There was a different miracles, but in particular, there was a lady who had traveled about 500 kilometers to come. I don't know how she knew about the program. She had a huge stomach. If Dr. Go was here, he would tell us the possible cause, cancer of the ovary, cancer of this, cancer of that, ascites, liver failure, heart failure, different things can get big stomach like that. And she herself described it. She said it was something like seven months pregnancy. And then um, while she was there, she was just miraculously healed. And the whole, everything just disappeared in, I didn't know her. She, she came on stage, she testified. Anyway, different things happened. Then after the service, we, we were given a place to sit with the pastors. And I was sitting there. The people that were with me were, were Indians and black people. And suddenly this elderly white lady came and she said, come. And when a grown-up calls you, you come. She said, an old lady, must be about 70. She said, she asked me something. She said, do you know that when you are preaching, Jesus walks behind you? She said, I said, me? She said, yeah, do you know that? I said, I don't know. I have not seen him. She said to me, I see visions clear like a human being is standing there. An elderly, a white lady. She was the only white person there. So I see visions, a clear, tall white lady. As clear as you are sitting here, I can touch you. She told me that it's a very rare thing. But Jesus walked behind you like that whilst you are ministering. She just, I just, I just, I just wanted to, I don't know if you know. And that was all, and she went away. Yeah. There, there are spiritual parts of the things that we are doing. And, and you can't just get up and say, Oh, it's not a good place. Oh, it will not work. Oh, it's a bad man. Oh, it's a bad girl. Oh, my marriage is this. There's a spiritual part. Maybe there are demons of divorce cases in your family. Things that are just following you. The same spirit that attacked your sisters. The same spirit that attacked your family. is also coming to you. And you just come in your natural and start, first of all, minimizing the good aspects of what you have. That is why many people who divorce remarry the person that they divorced. After they marry and they go and marry somebody else, many people remarry the same person. Because after going, they realize that, look, as a moi, the first one wasn't too bad. <laughs> as a moi, the first one wasn't too bad at all. <laughs> yeah. The first one wasn't too bad at all. I didn't realize it. Hey. So be careful. As you start just spouting and throwing daggers and arrows all over the place. Hmm. Number, number four. Prejudging. Prejudging what will be. Amen. Prejudging. Deciding beforehand. You see, some people... You are discussing with them. They've already decided. We call it prejudging. Prejudging is deciding. Now, if you remember the scripture that we read, you find out that the people said, We are not able. Don't speak. We cannot go. Hey, 
Numbers chapter 13, they said in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong. Finished. Final. It's final. We can't go. It's not happening. So you see, because you have prejudged and predecided based on your way your mind is working, everything becomes negative or positive. Yeah? Things become negative or positive based on how sometimes... As pastors, sometimes we see people, couples talking, as they speak, you know they are going to divorce. You know they've decided. So the thing, when they've decided, and you see they bring up these points, they leave out these ones, then they bring up this one. They've decided. We are not able. So, so be careful what you've decided. Don't decide for God. Don't decide what God can do. Don't decide for God. God can do a miracle. God cannot do a, God cannot bless. God cannot make it up. God cannot make the church grow. God cannot do a miracle. God cannot win a soul. God cannot t- Don't decide for God. Don't decide what is able. Don't decide what is not possible. Don't decide things for God. God has not chosen you to decide things for him. What can happen and what cannot happen. You are not God. Shut your mouth and accept to believe in God and believe that God can do great things and he will do great things in your life. Stop deciding things for God. We are not able. It's not going to work. How do you get that from? Who are you? Why should you be there and come up with negativities about things? We cannot. We cannot. Who said we cannot? We can. Say I can. Say I can. Say, I can do. I can do all. Ah, you can't. We can accept your words. We can accept your negativities. We cannot accept your negative things that you are pouring on the vision and on the plan that God. We cannot accept it. We will not accept it. We can accept your cloud of evil that you are pouring on the vision and what God has placed in our heart. You cannot. We, we don't accept it. So we are not able. That's all. That's all. If you have such people at meetings, they stand up and they start saying, it's not possible. When you bring up and no, 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 no. You see, the first reason why this, you can't have a staircase here. You see, you can't build this here. You can't do this here. One day I, I, I had some cows. I took them somewhere. They told me that this place, no cow can live here. Why? Why? Why do you decide for me that a cow cannot live here? Why do you decide a cow cannot live here? When, when my cows came, I saw them, they looked like senior goats. Small, small goat that is But you should see them today. And, and one of the chiefs in that area came to say, you have disproved every theory. There's no cow in this area, but only you have been able to let a cow stay here. Yeah. Why? Why should you say, we, we cannot work? He said, we're going to have a crusade. We cannot have a crusade. Why? 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 Let's do this. Why? Why do you decide for us with your negative mind? You come and pour your negativities on all, all that God has told us. And all that God is saying that is good and positive. That can happen. They say, no, we cannot. Some God has carried you from the promised land through signs and wonders. Walk to the Red Sea. You get up as a human being and say that the rest is not possible. Forget it. The rest, forget it. Forget it. Prejudging. Hey. <sighs> okay. 
Number five. Exaggeration of the problem. Exaggeration. Now, the people said, they are men of great size. In verse 32, he said, These are great size. The men, the size, very big. My arm is the person's thigh, is like is the arm. My, my thigh is the person's arm. The men are very big. Sometimes when you see somebody and ask, How is marriage? They say, <laughs> <laughs> you have met what? Exaggeration of the problem. Yeah. Who said there's no problem in marriage or in life or in the ministry? You've just met somebody who is exaggerating everything. If you don't take it, you'll be afraid. There are some people when you talk about them, you have no good idea. Hey! Nobody said there wouldn't be mountains to cross. Nobody said there won't be rivers to swim across. Look at the world, even in the natural. Are there no mountains to cross? Rivers to swim across? Deserts to walk through? Huh? Are there not? There are all over the place. You can't live without these things. I don't, 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 don't say, hmm. I have to cook every day. And so what? You are a fool. Shut up and cook. You need somebody to talk to you. Sense to your head. Because you have to cook, you are now saying, hmm. You have to have sex every day. Bishop, that you're preaching that you preach every day. Sex is not easy for us. Hmm. Stupid girl. When you were praying for a beloved and praying for a husband, eh? he said you would do everything. Now you have, you don't want to do. Get up and jump. Get up and jump. Did you hear me? I said, get up and jump. Exaggeration of problems. You make it look so. That's why. That's why people are brought. They are. They are afraid of Ghana and Africa. When they see on the news, they say they will show something that you see that a market in Ghana. Then they will be showing some films. Say, hey, there's something, something in West Africa. West African business. Something, something in Ghana. So when they come and it's like. You know, every day somebody is killed in Philadelphia. Murders, so many, 10 times, 10 murders a day, so many things. When you say Africa, hey, hey. They show a child who is dying, they show something. So when you come and see people are here, people are happy, say, hey. We are here, are we not here? Are we not here? There is no road, but we are okay. Are we not okay? There is no water, but it's okay. Ah, what, else, what else do you want? Light off, light on, and so on. When it comes off, it will come on again. What again? You are exaggerating the problem. It, you are making it too big. If the light goes off, some, if I'm preaching the light goes okay, I'll stop. I'll wait and to come. And then we will do come on. What again? You are making a mountain of a molehill. 
My husband, my husband, my husband is, my husband is very stubborn. My husband is very stubborn. Which husband is not stubborn? I'm asking you a question. Which husband is not stubborn? Because he is not changing into a woman and following you. You say he's stubborn. You are exaggerating. Maybe you may have the softest, most malleable person. But the fact is that you have married a man, M-A-N. M-A-N. That's what you've married, M-A-N. One day, a, a brother came. He said, a, a Pastor, I think that I want to divorce my wife. I said, why? He said, my wife is a very, very bad wife. So I said, what has she done? I can remember sitting in the office, one of my first marriage counselings, a couple. A uh, pastor, can you believe? I said, believe what? Can you believe? Cobwebs in the house. Cobwebs. Cobwebs. I said, what? He said, cobwebs. There are cobwebs in the house. I said, hmm. So I, I, was, I was surprised. I thought he was going to mention some other problem. But the problem was cobwebs. So I didn't know what to say. Sometimes when I pass, you don't know what to say. So I tried to, you know, see me in one week's time type of answer. Come in. So I went home. When I got home, I decided, let me go and see. Are there cobwebs in my house? <laughs> so <laughs> when I got home, I started looking. Hey! Then I saw cobwebs here. Cobwebs here. Cobwebs here. Cobwebs here. I said, hey! This is what some people are using to divorce. Everybody, when you go home today, go and look for cobwebs. Hey, more cobwebs. She said, but, hey, Pastor, I don't, this woman, I don't think is a good woman. Can you believe in cobwebs? Hey. One day, a lady came. Eh? Pastor, it's not easy in the marriage. I said, what is it? Eh? When my husband, you see, we have only one toilet. When he goes there, he'll be there for a long time. Said, ah. He will be there for a long time. So what should we do if he's there for a long time? He has not finished, and you want him to come out. He's having his quiet time there. Another one said, mm, He goes there too much. Every day he's going, he's going. When you go around, you find out that many of the ladies are having the same that he goes there for a long time. You are going in and out. Rapid uh, removal system. Rapid response office. Exaggeration of minor problems. The men are of great size. 
great size. Great size. Great size. When you hear, how big? Oh, you see how you are? (laughs) When they do this like this, you'll be gone. (laughs) And then the wives who hear, they become even more frightened. Exaggeration. Yeah. Number six, exaggeration of dangers. That same verse, he said that it's a land which devours its inhabitants. You are eating, you will be eating up. Exaggeration of dangers. Well, so what about if I marry and my husband dies? Well, he can die. Anybody can die at any time. What about if we don't have a child? What about if this? What about if that? What about everything is possible? As soon as you start exaggerating the dangers, you cannot go forward with God, with your business, with your life, with the vision, with serving God, with a church. What about this? What about that? What about this? Exaggeration of danger. There are dangers in everything. You just have to have faith. That is the only way to enter a promised land is to have beliefs. God said, I can't ignore the spiritual. I cannot ignore the will of God. I must believe in God. I have to go forward into the will of God. I can't be thinking of the danger of this. What about this? What about if this? What about if that? When you meet somebody who is thinking about danger, it's, it's, it's something. When I met Bishop Saki, I wanted to work for the Lord. I told him, I want to win souls. Let's work for God. He said, I also want to win souls. I want to work for God. I wrote a book. Tell them, I don't know if the letters are in the book. The letters are in the book. These are letters that he wrote to me. Personal letters. He also wants to win souls. But I also met people who were not so positive. One day, I met with a group of pastors and I told them, we are going to work for God. We're going to die for Jesus. We're going to serve the Lord. Jesus is going to help us. Then as I was preaching, I was talking, I was looking, some of them were looking at me. Mm. They were not so convinced. So, the time came that the meeting broke up. So I, I met with some of them one-on-one and I, I just sensed that, no, let me talk further. So I asked one of them, let's, let's give ourselves to be shepherds and to, to love the people, to serve God. Then she looked at me and she said, Bishop. <laughs> I said, what? She said, Bishop, your father has, I think, I don't know if I was a bishop, I think, pastor, your father has money. So, even if you don't work, you get money. But for some of us, it is not like that. We have to work. I said, what? Your father has money. My father doesn't have money. Hey, what kind of response is that? Why wouldn't rather, why wouldn't rather Bishop Saki tell me that? Your father has money. Because he worked for my father. 
he worked from, he, he came to second, uh, university with a cotton, ideal milk cut. He didn't have a suitcase. Have you seen a cotton? Do you know ideal milk? Do you buy ideal milk? It comes 48 and 96, I think, in a box. So this is what he brought. He packed his trousers like this, put it under. He packed his shorts, put it in. He packed his um, underwear, he put it in. He packed his shirt, and then he covered the, uh, the curtain. Do you, do you know how to close it? There's a way you close it to not open. Then he closed it and he used that strategy. And then he carried it like that and came to the university. Yeah. Why, why doesn't he rather look at me and tell me that your father has money? Because he lived in my father's hotel and he worked for my father. Because he has faith. He's not rather somebody who is thinking of negative. Ne- the mind is not working reverse. The mind is not working exaggerating issues. My father has money and so what? My, my, father's, my father had money. I stayed in my father's house. And after three years, he turned off the electricity. He said, pay, if you can pay electricity off here, you stay. I also had to run away from the house. Yeah. My father equally told me, you are on your own. He told me, you are on your own now. Do whatever. You've gone to school, you are on your own. Find your way. I equally had to survive. But you see, everybody's mind is working. If you send missionaries, all the missionaries that do well, their wives are positive flowing. Oh yeah, I can show you their wives flowing. So, because everybody is struggling. So you come and the wife will say, we're making it. And you can tell the man of God, you're a man of God. Don't, don't give up. You're a man of God. Eh? Yeah. Because you see, wives, you are powerful. The man is the head, but the woman is the neck. So when you turn it like this, you know. Mm, 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 mm. The man is only the head. The rest from the neck down is the woman. Hey! The arms, the legs, and the neck, everything, the powers. It's a bombastic. It's a bomb, it's a bomb, it's a bomb. <laughs> All that you need is somebody by your side who will make a good comment. Just a comment. Brothers and sisters, marry somebody who will make a good comment. Did you hear me? I said, marry somebody who will make a good comment. Marry somebody who will say something positive about you. Now when you, when you finish preaching, they come and they say, <laughs> do, you, do, do you think people understood what you preach? <laughs> All you need is somebody flowing by the side who says, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. You need a wife who sits in front and, and smiles when you're preaching. Smile. And that, yeah. Smile, smile. Jesus loves you. Smile. Not somebody who has squeezed a face on. Who never look up. Look at you. Hey. One day a pastor was preaching. His wife was intimidating him from the front. He came down to the stage. He said, get up. Get up. Go to the back. To the back. To the back. He walked her to the back. He said, you sit here. You are dressing nicely. You are smiling. Opposing me here in the house. What we are doing. Come on to the back. A very big church. Hey. To the back. Every negative person in your life. To where? To the back. 
to the back, to the back. I can't see you. Every negative person speaking negative things over your calling, over your vision, over your life, over your future. To the back, 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 to the back. Hey. And, and, and the last point, number seven. Do not use absedio reductio. Absedio, absed, absurdity is a legal term. Absedio reductio. That means to reduce things to absurdity. Don't make nonsense of God's plan. You, you see, everything you can describe it in a way to make nonsense of it. Don't do that. What is the thing that they said in the next verse? They said, we were like grasshoppers. Ah! Can you imagine the size of a grasshopper and a human being? You, you, you see, you, you, you exaggerate and exaggerate to a point where now what you are saying, you are making nonsense. You are making God's vision silly. You are making it stupid. Somebody who meets people that I'm sending as missionaries and ask the person, do you love yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you love your wife? If you love your wife, will you do... Look at that. If you love yourself, what do you mean by that? You cannot speak that way. You cannot speak that way. You cannot make nonsense. We will not be here if missionaries have not come to suffer and give their life. Don't make nonsense. When you say, which school will your child go to? Don't make nonsense of the call of God. Don't make it silly. Don't make it into something absurd. Your child will not speak English. Your child will never go to school. Your child will be a fool. My children, my, ch- my children have been, my child was a founder of a school. He was the first child in the, I didn't know which school to go. Because there are people who have made arguments. Your child is in American school, but my child is schooling in Man. I'm surprised today that one of my children is studying medicine. I'm surprised. I get, I said, Lord, whatever. I just, I'm sure it will be okay in the end. I'm sure it will be okay in the end. I don't know. Hey, what will you happen to your child? What, my wife never said anything. Like, my wife has never made any this type of negative. To, <clears throat> you see, when they say that behind every successful well, so there's a saying, behind every successful, there is some truth in it. Yeah, even if it's just positive, come or even not saying anything, or even smiling. Now, this type of face that is intimidating. To the back with you, please. To the back with you. Out of the gate. It's also another. Get a taxi, go and get a taxi and go home. Ruby, walk out. Amen. So, number one, do not minimize the good. Amen. Number two, do not ignore the will of God. Amen. Number three, do not despise the spiritual factors. Number four, do not prejudge what will happen. Amen. Don't decide for anybody or for God. Number five, do not exaggerate the problem. Number six, do not exaggerate dangers. Your child will not go to school. You will this. You will, will you have a hospital? If, we, if you go to Kenya, where, where will you go? Do you think there are no doctors in Kenya? 
How, how is the country full of people? If you go to Mali, you, 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 silly. How do you think there are so many people in Mali? Don't decide for God. Don't change the church. Don't exaggerate dangers. What about Ghana? Then nobody should be in Ghana. That's how Americans also think about Ghana. Hey, is it a Ghanaian hospital? Oh, Ghanaian? With a Ghanaian doctor? A black doctor? That's how they also look at us. Silly. Do not exaggerate dangers. And number seven, do not use absurdio reductio. Don't turn what we are doing into nonsense. Don't make nonsense of God's plan. We will not be in this church if we didn't have faith. If we are not moving, and we believe God can do it. Lighthouse, chapel, international. And our vision now is 10,000 churches. 150 countries is our vision. We are believing. Healing Jesus Crusade, our vision is to carry 100 million people with us to heaven when we die. We are taking 100 million souls together with us. So far, we have crossed over 2 million to 3 million. We are aiming 100. We are carrying. We are going to heaven with an extra 100 million people with us. Don't despise the vision. Don't say it's not possible. Our vision to train 10,000, appoint 10,000 pastors ordain 10,000 pastors to consecrate 1,000 bishops. They are going to consecrate 1,000 bishops. You see it happening practically. We'll consecrate. You see that you are also a bishop. Yes, a bishop of this country. Bishop of here. You see them more. Yes. Hey, we are ordaining, appointing, training, starting churches. From here to here, you see there is a church. From here to here, you see it's a church. It's our vision. Don't pour rubbish on it. Don't rubbish it. Somebody, we started our church. Somebody said, it's not a church. That's not a church. That's a cell group. That's not a church. That is you see, absurdio reductio. You are trying to reduce my work to absurdity. What shall I say to you? To the back. What shall I say to you? To the back. What shall I say to you? When I sent somebody to Jamaica, his relatives called him and said, huh? You see, people in the Caribbean, they don't receive from Africans. You see, African can never go as a mission. No, 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 no. We don't dispose What shall we say? In the back. Go and see our church in Jamaica. We are building a story. Even the office, the municipality in Kingston in Jamaica, they say it's too high. They have, it's too high, too big, too big for the area. Hmm. Yeah. They say it cannot work. Don't judge for us. Don't decide things for us. Huh? To the back. Don't tell us what is possible and what is not possible. Are you God? Ask your neighbor. Are you God? When did you become God? It is possible. It is possible. It is possible. It is possible. It is happening. It will happen. It will happen. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout of praise and stand to your feet. If you are 50 years old and you want to marry, it is possible. Don't decide for me when I will marry or when I cannot marry or whether I'm beautiful or I'm not. But I say, by the grace of God, I'm 50 years old, I say I will marry. 
Sure. Now who pray Jaji for, 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 for my life? You are joking. Tell somebody, don't joke with me from today, otherwise I will send you to the back. You will see something. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for the blessing of your word today. We receive it. We walk in it. We love it. We thank you for your blessing. We will become what you say. We will become. We will do what you say we will do. We will go where you say we should go. We will become. We will receive. Lift your hand and thank God today practically that is happening in your life. Father, we are blessed. We thank you. It is happening. We believe in you. We thank you in Jesus' name. We are entering the promised land. We are entering the promised land. We are entering the promised land of, of your word to us. We thank you there is a spiritual factor. There is a God factor. There is a will of God factor. And it will be on our side. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ today. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to God. If you are here like that, just lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Just your right hand. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. Lift it up. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, come to me in the front. I want to pray with you as we close. God bless you. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God, to Jesus Christ. Come. Come and let me pray with you. Come quickly, please. Come, my dear. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life to Jesus. God to be my blessed Savior. All right, lift your hand and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Today, I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I believe and I receive Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.